Welcome to Magic Monday, where I explore all things magical, mystical, and metaphysical. I'm Jessica Dewberry, psychic and visionary of Miss J. Do Intuitive. Thank you for joining. Hi, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Magic Monday. So I was at the Portland Intuitive Fair yesterday, um, where I will be ongoing once a month, you know, moving forward. So be sure to check out that information on my website. But it was really great, you know, just to connect with um, with other like minded people and to give readings and, you know, to just um, really um just, you know, offer and provide those guided messages from spirit. Um, I will say one of the highlights was when I first got to the event and even before it opened up and we received, um, you know, received clients, um, I was visited by one of the women who was there, um, her uncle, actually, who has departed already. So he is deceased and has crossed over. Um, But his her uncle, you know, came and approached me at the very beginning of the event, really just to, to give a quick hello. And, um, it was, it was interesting to say the least. I didn't know the woman. She was there helping out one of the other vendors. Um, I wasn't, you know, really in, I was actually doing a a meditation and he sort of appeared there and, you know, right as we were about to open, we all stood in a circle just to set the intention for the time that we would be together. And he stood um, stood to my left side. And at first, you know, there's always, even though I do this work professionally, there's always a part of me that sort of, you know, is the skeptic, right? It's, it's a natural thing. And so we question and doubt sometimes. And so there's a part of me that still does that. And so I was just standing in that circle with him there to my left side, wondering like, okay, is this really happening? You know, in part because I had set up rules, or at least I thought I did about um, um, talking or channeling with the dead. You know, I asked them to only appear to me in my third eye space because it just felt a lot safer. But here, this full form was, the shadowy, you know, sort of full form was standing next to me. And so I finally got a moment and um, was able to to talk with him and ask him like, okay, who are you here for? You know, what is it that you want to say? And when I asked that question, he just waved hello, and and then put his put his um, hand, you know, a finger to his mouth, as to shh, you know, to say like shh, be quiet. And so there was lots of distractions, and I didn't get to talk with him for long. But towards the end, actually at the very end of the event, I finally approached the woman who I thought the message was for. And sure enough, she says, oh yeah, that's my uncle. And I actually asked him, you know, to be here today, like just to connect with one of the readers to see, you know, if he had anything to say, um, just so that, you know, they could have a, a chat. And so it was great. It was great to be able, you know, to be a part of that. Um, and really, you know, just just to to give her the assurance that, yeah, you know, our dead ones, they, or our loved ones, they die. That is a part of life, but they are never really that far from us. You know, they're always somewhere close. Um, And so it was really great um, and really showed me too, that I, 
it was a, a learning experience for me because although I had set up those rules of how, you know, I want to interact with the dead moving forward, he completely broke all those rules. So he was like there in full form, showing me the outline of his body so I could describe describe him to her, um, showing me, you know, uh, a significant part of his life where he had surgery and almost died. Um, and so, but in a very different way than the, the rules that I had set up. So it was like, okay, I see, I see that I'm really, you know, that I'm not that afraid um, to interact with him, interact with the dead, I guess, in a different way now. And so it was, you know, again, just a really great experience. Um, so that's something, you know, mediumship is a part of what I do, but it never really starts off that way in a reading. So I don't um, necessarily um, tell people that I am a medium. I always say I am a psychic because what happens is when I'm giving readings, if, if something, um, a topic that I am discussing with the client, you know, if there's a person that they have, um, you know, a, a dead loved one on, on the other side who has some information or some insight or just wants to be encouraging about that topic, they'll often step in and say, you know, a few kind words around that, uh, around that topic. Um, so the sessions can turn into mediumship readings, but they usually don't start off that way. But yesterday was, you know, was just a rare case for me, but one that, t that shows me that I am so more than ready and capable of, um, you know, expanding that part of my services and just being open, being open to that. So, all right, I would like to go ahead and just get into today's topic, which is all around twin flames. And we have a, have an expert guest with us, Star Jones, who is an intuitive coach and who does lots of, um, lots of readings and, um, you know, uh, uh, helps clients better understand what twin flames are, um, if they are in a twin flame relationship. And so she is going to share some of that information with us today and hopefully shed some, shed some light on that for us. Because I know um, even in my own understanding of it, I, there are some gray areas. It's a little fuzzy for me. And so I would so um, appreciate her insights. So Star Jones, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm great. So how is the weather in Hawaii? <laughs> That's the first it's, thing I want to ask. Well, it's actually chilly, and I'm as you're asking me that, I'm putting on my sweater. So, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do experience seasons and change of weather as well. and um, But it's all good. You know, you take yourself everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, it's about being peace at peace with oneself and others, and that's a lifelong quest, right? Yeah, you know, when I when I lived in in Montreal for about um, two and a half years or so, um, there was a woman at at the center I used to visit, and she would always say, you know, the weather, like, because Montreal's weather, oh man, it is so um, chaotic sometimes and dramatic. It can be so dramatic, and changes quickly. Mm -hmm. And she would always just say, well, I know the weather's, you know, it's not personal. Like, it, it's not here trying to beat me up. It's just doing its thing. And so if you can, right. if you can keep that in mind, you know. Yeah. But, all right. So I would love to, to know more about what you do um, and what you call yourself and um, your connection with the Twin Flame relationships. 
Okay. Um, well, I, what I call myself is kind of kind of complicated because I don't think that there is a school that you go through and then uh, here, this is what you should call yourself when you leave all your life experiences. And right. it's um, and it's a, I, what I do is a form of healing arts. And the fact that it's an art um, makes it um, harder to explain to other people. But um, what it is, is I am trained as a psychotherapist and an art therapist. And uh, when I graduated, um, actually, I graduated in 2006. And a year before that, I got introduced to uh, a deck of angel cards by a neighbor who was a good friend of mine. And um, because I was in school and I didn't, I wasn't really... I hadn't been exposed to the metaphysical stuff as much. I'm originally from Turkey, and I had an interesting relationship with, in quotes, religion. And I wasn't religion religious, and I didn't, in quotes, like buy into anything, in my own opinion. But because of um, having had a psychic dream when I was 15 about my father dying, and then my father dying, I got really mad at God. And, um, you know, it wasn't anybody's fault, and I didn't know that I had that gift. And I remember very, 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 very clearly to this day saying, um, I don't want to know, and shutting down my gift. Yeah. And, okay. um, you know, if, I'm, if knowing the future, if there's such a thing, or sensing the vibrations that, are, that we have planted into the future, because we're co-creating, um, or what's coming, if that's going to mean pain, I don't want to know. And then I got mad at God for um, taking away my father. So, um, you know, it started out that way for me. So when I was given a deck of angel cards in 2005, a year before graduating from graduate school, um, thinking, you know, I'm going to become a therapist and help others and myself that way, and da 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 And I kind of, like, internally mocked the person who gave me that deck. <laughs> and I told her that years later, not that day. I thought, well, why don't you get a real education? Like all this, I'm like, I thought all this, if all this angel stuff worked, nobody would be hungry or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I just like mm -hmm. modified the whole thing because I had shut down that part of me. I was still mad, but I didn't know it. And um, so, you know, and then this was a really positive, friendly person. So she, you know, she kept like, oh, you know, I listened to on Hay House, Ra Hay House Radio and blah, blah, blah. Like, she told me all about the stuff she was reading and listening to. Eventually, I ended up with a, another deck, a deck myself and then started reading Doreen Virtue's books. And this was at a time when I um, was ready to separate from my husband, back then husband, and... Um, and I was feeling lost because I really, really cared about him, and there was nothing wrong, like there were no fights and betrayals and stuff like that. But it was just like a contract, like it felt done. Like all of a sudden, overnight, like I felt done, didn't want to lie next to that person. And mm. but, but I cared about him a lot, so I didn't know how to remove myself from that situation. Um, and so I prayed, and... I was speaking to a friend of mine, and um, she said, uh, it sounds to me like you need his blessing. And she's another intuitive, and she was doing intuitive coaching back then, which is tied to what I call myself. I call myself an intuitive coach healer. And um, 
what I do uh, is influenced by what the person needs in the session. And some of the things that I do actually came to me in a session while working with someone. And I just trusted it and went with it, and then we got results. And so I'm like, okay, this works, but I can't be in my mind and say, this one worked with so-and-so and so-and-so. Maybe I should just do it with this person. Like, if I think that way... Then I'm not I, I'm not letting divine choose for me, and so it's sometimes totally irrelevant from to anything that I've done with anybody else, or sometimes it's very clear. Yep, I got to do the forgiveness thing with them. That's very very clear. Once that's out, then I'm guided to where it needs to go, anyway. And um, but people, I really believe that believe in the intelligence people have in, in our own soul. Like if somebody is guided to you, to whoever, to me. They are, their soul knows they're going to be receiving something from us in a way that this person is going to hear. And it could be for that one session, it could be for the next 10 sessions. We don't have control over that, but it, I see it as like, okay, I feel honored that their soul decided to make this connection. So I'm mm-hmm. going to do my best to be clear, a clear channel for them because now I'm serving them. And this is one of the reasons why I don't Google my clients or whoever reaches out to me, because I don't want my ego mind make up stories or have opinions about them, because this isn't about my opinion about them. Like, somebody could look incredibly put together and have, like, businesses and look gorgeous and rich and everything, and you get on the phone with them, their life is totally falling apart, their husband has two mistresses, is about to go bankrupt, nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, look at somebody's thing and make up a story. Oh, what does this woman need? She looks all happy, you know, whatever. Like, you know, and the human mind judges. So whoever says, I don't judge, is not telling the truth. It's just, I, what I do is I try, do my best to not leave any room for any judgment so that when I'm on the phone with them or I'm channeling, doing an email reading, um, I am a, a clean conduit of information that comes for them. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you're right. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, it's like the Twin Flames. That was the end of, um, so I, after that conversation with my friend, I went home and I like on the road driving there back home. I was like listening to Barry, Barry Manilow and like repeating <laughs> and, you know, practicing what I was going to say to this person who I, cared about a lot but I knew that in my gut that I no longer needed to be married to and um, this is like after this is 2000 beginning of 2009 so that's like four years after I got into the angel stuff right so I've been praying Mm -hmm. and praying for a peaceful divorce and just going for walks and just saying my only intention is that we both split in peacefully without harming anybody I didn't want anything from him because I really wanted peace and I don't know if you know about this, but um, I I really like A Course in Miracles, and um, I follow Marianne Williamson. Actually, one of her books is has been the biggest twin flame relationship supporter in my entire life. Two of them, actually, the um, A Return to Love and uh, Illuminata, a book of prayers. Mm-hmm. And you know, anytime I was going through my relationship stuff, I would open to a page and. Um, read what was in front of me and then I started highlighting and marking them and you know it's so interesting because if you have a copy and my neighbor has a copy and my mom has a copy 
Everybody, if everybody <laughs> highlighted what came up for them, everybody's internal mm-hmm. map is going to look different. Yeah. But that book is like is like a relationship bible to me, a return to love. Um, it's not something uh, you read from book cover to cover and forget about. To me, it's a constant, continuous reference book. Like, what am I learning in this relationship? So, the twin flame hit me right after my divorce. It's almost like I was praying for it because there was like a lull and like boringness in my. Uh, like, I was like, okay, is this what a relationship and marriage is? Like, bah, we go to Costco and for what? Like, I was, like, bored out of my mind. You know? <laughs> like, seriously. And it just made up to be this glorious thing, and it's not. And then, <laughs> and then so, um, but, so, you know, I was praying and doing all of that, and then, okay, so he helped me move to my new place, even, and, you know, there was some magical ways I found a place really reasonable to move to and you know you know universe god was helping and my because my intention was peace right that's what of course in miracle said if your intention is peace you will get help from the universe you know that there's going to be some way that you'll you won't get the angry bank teller you'll get the kind one because your intention is peace go there with that mad energy you're going to get the mean one and then you're going to be even meaner when you leave the bank you know So anyway, um, you know, the twin flame thing hit me right after, and that I figured was, um, at the time I had no idea what it was, and I had just found somebody who channeled archangels and ascended masters, and a friend of mine got a reading, and she, you know, got the recording and typed it up and was reading and highlighting and telling us about it and everything, and I was like, wow, this is so interesting. This is kind of like a personal spiritual study. You know, this is like you're figuring out what your stuff is um, in a really different way. And I, so I got a reading, and I was, like, astonished by that. And so it's like slowly I started getting into this stuff, and through this lady and a few other readings I had, I found out that this person I, in quotes, fell in love with after I left my husband um, was my twin flame because my life was completely upside down. And it's not mm. just like upside down, um, you know, like um, having anxiety kind of thing, but it's like emotionally I felt like I couldn't stay away from him, like I couldn't mm-hmm. be without him, that he was so important mm-hmm. in my life. But then we couldn't really like hang out together because the energy between us was just super intense. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to run to, you know, trying to get counseling and finding like energy you know some people do chakra balancing okay so that helps for like an hour and then it come everything comes back again so mm-hmm. you know i had like a year and a half of that the mix and match of the going back and, and it's so painful but it's also very attractive because it's it's so dis- hard to describe because the energy between you two is is something that's like a frequency set by the divine. It's like whatever it is on like a radio, special radio station that only you two can plug into. And and when you do, it wakes up all the things in you that yearnings, resentment, pain, trauma, like dreams, fantasies, everything, everything that is yeah. makes up the you comes to the surface as if it's a soup that you just mixed up and all the ingredients are floating, you know. And... um and so that's how I started getting into it. And um, then um, part of that was this, you know, separating what was love addiction and what was a twin flame encounter. 
how did that overlap with me? And I was able to separate that in the relationship afterwards, um, okay. interestingly enough. Um, so, you know, when people come to me, it's usually because they are in, like, a pretty tumultuous, messy relationship. And I, um, I'm i not into, like, oh, what's going to happen with this relationship? And then, you know, are you going to mm-hmm. be together or not? I don't think that the purpose of a relationship is, are we going to be together or not? I think mm-hmm. that I, l- I lived like that for a very, very long time. And I see, re- realize now that the question is, what am I learning in this relationship? Because right. we don't know how long we can learn with somebody. It's, that's the thing I came down to. It came down to for me, understanding that and like not boxing relationships into this is a lifetime partner, this is my fiance, this is my husband. Then it comes to like what kind of roles does this husband need to be in? Who do I need to be as a wife? Which then mm-hmm. sometimes means ending of some parts of you because that role we learn from society doesn't actually include all parts of you. It includes right. a certain role. Same thing with the husband deal. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just there's, it's good to have awareness of it so you know what kind of system you're playing in. And then you can choose your own path. Like, do I want this kind of, you know, classical marriage or do I want blah, blah kind of marriage? Whatever that is for you. Um, mm-hmm. But do you have any questions coming up? I'm kind of rambling, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're giving some um, some great information here. And I'm just really, I feel like maybe maybe I haven't ever met or had a twin flame encounter. Because I try okay. to, yeah, so I'm, I try to wrap my mind around like, okay, you know, here are the markers of that. It's just emotionally intense, you said. Um, sometimes it's painful because it's so intense. Um, all of the the things that have been sort of wanting to awaken in you come to the surface and then you've kind of got to, you got to deal with it and they can be messy and, you know, at times out of control. But then there, you said also that um, you were, you were able now to discern between the love addiction and what, you know, just a true twin flame encounter is. And so how though? (laughs) So it's like, so here's, here's how I felt the difference. So I got, got in the same space to almost two years after um, this person, my twin flame, and I was in the other relationship, and I was so in love, and like, you know, it wasn't like a oh, BS relationship, I just don't want to be lonely. Like, I was super into him. We, you know, I was mm-hmm. crazy about him. Um, and that's when, like, the difference, that I saw the overlaps between the other person, and when I saw the previous guy, even though I was, mm-hmm. like, crazy about this new guy, and we have been together for, you know, a year and a half or something, and it was like, you know, going still tumultuous. I still had my issues come up, but it wasn't the same intensity as the other one, where with the other one, when we ended up in the same room for like a little bit, we felt that energy, both of us, and we both looked at each other and we both like got up and moved away from each other. It was like this, like, I still feel it, but no way in hell. Like, it's like, I'm nowhere going near that because guess what? Neither of us were really willing to dig into what was bringing up so much pain in the other person. Mm -hmm. There wasn't that container, you know, and one of the things that was harder for me is because the the physical intimacy in my marriage had been so limited, especially towards the end, that when I had such a strong physical connection with somebody, I kind of got lost in that, and that's one of the symptoms of the twin flame thing, because the physical connection is really strong, usually. 
I think in certain cases, I've heard of, I've had some people come to me saying, I have a Harold, Harold and Maude situation where, like, you know, this person is way younger or way older, but we have this super strong connection, and we feel mm-hmm. like, you know, we know, I mean, they may be describing a soulmate. Um, and then the other thing is, so everybody says that twin flames are, there's only one twin flame. You only have one soul twin, and then you have a whole bunch of soulmates. So... You know, we're all learning this stuff here, and some of, sometimes you can channel when you're in the line, you know, line space some additional information that happens to all of us, I think. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I don't know what's for certain, so I'm not going to say that there's only one twin flame. I think that there's aspects of us that need to be highlighted, and you will see whether you're with a twin or not that same patterns come up in every relationship, and that's my specialty. It's, okay. I, for some reason, there's some, something in my brain, the way it thinks system, systemically, is that I can talk to someone for a while and zoom into the pattern that they're dealing with. So it's right. kind of like having a safe code, code to a safe versus, like, um, which door do I get through this bank through from? You know, like, is it the back mm-hmm. door? Well, we're, we're now back into the safe. And um, and it's, like, it's not the easiest thing to pull through, but what I discovered is that when you recognize that a pattern is just a way that we learn to respond to situations in our lives, situations that relate to our hearts and emotions, and that we can learn different ways, and we just see it as a pattern. It's just a pattern, meaning it's like um, it's a behavior that I got used to. It's not me. It doesn't mean I'm bad, I'm wrong. You know, there's like shame comes up sometimes. But the reason why I like doing what I do is, you know, I like people coming in with enough amount of pain and impetus to do the work. Because, right. you know, coaching is not something, it's not like um, me carrying them on their back and all of a sudden I wave a magic wand. And even for the magic wand to work, they have to be open to it. There's nothing right. I can force on anyone on their soul. Like, they have to be willing to receive. And same thing with the magic wand thing. I really believe there's instant healing ha- available to us. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of whether we believe it or um, and some of the one session healings I've had had a lot to do with it's part of it is you have to prepare the person and and how they want to be prepared is dependent on who they are and um, you know and it's like the people who seem to get the most out of a, a session when they're in an intense situation are the ones mm-hmm. who stay open they're yeah. open to like there's no like well I need 1500 sessions of therapy and there's nothing wrong with it I have a lot of therapy and I would take it back I learned a lot about myself and um, and part of you know how I work with people is influenced by all the wonderful therapists I worked with so there's nothing you know even if, no matter what path anybody has been on who is listening it's there's no one right way and you know, my stuff didn't start aligning till I was like 37, 38, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like it it can take some time and you can't, you know, judge your path with somebody else, comparing it with somebody else's because you don't know what they're here to do. You don't know right. what they're here to help with, what pattern. Maybe they need to be a prime minister to make that change. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're, they all, all they need to do is just talk to people while they're cutting hair and they're healing the world one person at a time. You know, right. um, 
you know, some somebody is clairvoyant, the other person does whatever. Like it's just it's just a way of holding the brush. You know, it's all yeah. artwork, and um, and so it's like I'm also not attached to like oh I'm the twin flame expert. That's all I do. It's it's really based on the fact that I believe that spiritual relationships are spiritual contracts, and mm-hmm. we don't choose them. We only choose how we act in them. And you can opt out of a relationship, move on to the other side of the world, and then you'll meet somebody you'll fall in love again because that's the creative impetus in us. It's never going to go mm-hmm. away. Right. You know, my mother had a crush on someone at 69 years old. So, you know, it's <laughs> let's just not, you know, pretend yeah. like age has anything to do with it. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's like you're. We're all going to re- here to realize our own the seed inside of us, and yeah. when we support each other and help each other to get there, instead of like worrying about how we're maybe falling behind, because you don't mm-hmm. know what falling behind is. It's like yeah. taking deciding that we don't know how long a fruit takes to ripen. Like something, cherries take six months, and then you know apples take three weeks to ripen. Like, does it make either of them less? They're just right. different processes. Right. For sure. And, and I, I've learned yeah. through experience that a feeling of uh, falling behind is really just an indicator for being out of alignment. <laughs> so when you, when right. you feel that's an egoic thing, you know, like we're, we're running out of time. Um, right. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's just really I think, like... You I think all s- of us get through that, go through that. And... <laughs> And it's yeah. like there's a saying, Danielle Laporte says, um, it's like there's one of the things that pay attention to is it's actually envy is an incredibly powerful, positive emotion if we know how to use it. It's basically saying there's a part of me that knows there's a part of what this person is doing that resides in me. And it may be that not because what they're, whatever course they're teaching or how many ever followers they have, maybe the truth mm-hmm. that I haven't admitted to myself is I have not been doing what I needed to do to grow my business or my art or my project. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so I look at myself and turn the energy inward and be honest. Like, what's, what's my fear? There's a fear in me yeah. that's preventing me that this person is not stopped by. That's what I'm envious about. And guess what? Me being envious of them isn't going to change my fear. So let me take my energy back, take my power back, and say, what can I do for me so I can have X, Y number of followers, or I can have a website that does this, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So um, it's just like just like anything else. But anyway, um, I think I kind of went in a different direction. Um, (laughs) Did you have another another question? Did I answer your question, Elon? Well, I got a couple of questions about the twin flame connection. So I've heard, and feel free to dispel these things because they may just be myths, but I've heard that twin flame encounters, um, you know, there's there's always this gravitation towards each other, especially once, mm-hmm. especially once you, you've met, you know, in, in a lifetime and have shared an experience together. Like it's hard to, to really be okay with being, sep- you know, with being separated. Um, right. And so, yeah, what do you, like, what insights do you have for that one? Right. So it, it is really common to have that. And, and it's like, the, what makes it even harder is if you didn't have a life that sustained you, your soul, and your, you know, interests with your own interests and friends and something like that, that you had a life. If you didn't have that before the twin flame encounter, 
it's so much harder because the highest positive emotions you're feeling are going to be with them as well as the lowest ones. But we're, oh. we're, we're drawn to feeling pleasure. We, the connection feels so amazing when it's good, but then the pain comes up. So um, not being able to stay, I wrote about this, I wrote an article about this, not being able to stay, stay together is actually a good thing because when they're together, they're usually unable to do their work because it's this huge spiritual contract that's like sprung upon us. All of a sudden, we meet someone and we have all this like super strong emotions and, you know, our life is changing and we have no control over it. And this person has become super important for us for whatever reason in such a short time. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes they're married, sometimes... We're married. Sometimes, I mean, there's like all kinds of complications that can be around it because I believe that um, we can call on our twin flames and speed it up, but you have to Mm -hmm. be super, super careful what you're asking for because this is the kind of thing that will will literally pull the carpet out from under you. And people, we like look at it as like a romantic movie thing. It's like, oh, you know, I want to meet my twin flame and be all soulmates and happily ever after. And if you are on this planet, that means you have a whole bunch of work to do. Yeah. You know, if we're human in a 3D body and we're not like floating in, you know, dough or something, you know, <laughs> um, and have, you know, running an ashram at the same time, you know, it's like yeah. um, whatever. Um, so it's like you, so you have work to do. That means that whoever comes in is going to bring up all of them out to the surface all at once. Your money issues, like my twin, was one of some of the things. Some of my biggest wounding was just touched by him he just like mm-hmm. randomly as if like mm-hmm. this person knew the map of like all of my wounding like he had that you know um, predator type scan- heat scanner in me that he could see you know uh, oh this is like it's her abandonment issues let me poke there and could not call her for yeah. six hours when yeah. i told her i'd call and then you know mm-hmm. like what the hell like he did all the things that would you know, put me into an emotional coma. (laughs) 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 He would be like, you know, one after the other, one after the other. And like, I was like, I started hating the guy. Like, you're freaking hurting me. And then now, you know, I look back, it's like he wasn't hurting me. It was, that was what was inside of me. Because I don't have to feel abandoned when somebody didn't, I don't hear from someone for six hours now. I can be upset and I can have a trigger and be like, you know what? Maybe he died, maybe he couldn't call, and maybe he's just doing it for PA purposes. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I still have a life to live. I'm going to yeah. go on and pray that God fixes this for us so we find a common place to connect again. And then mm-hmm. move on to my thing instead of like, oh my God, I'm being abandoned again and I feel like I'm in the crib. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. know how to get out of it. Because before I had like a more comfortable life where I could numb some of these things so much easier. And now the numb mobility yeah. factor is out the window. <laughs> I need to be drugged, <laughs> you know, differently. <laughs> so, um, so, so what, what about the idea of um, one is always running, whereas one is like, you know, calling them in? It usually happens both ways. It's not just like a one. Usually there's a role that you've been in in a previous relationship through, like you're either the chaser or the avoider, you know, the either avoidance, you're avoiding connection. So there's that piece about attachment styles, and that's one of the things that when people come to me with relationship stuff, even if it's um, twin flames, we all, I look at the attachment style they have, because if it's an avoidant, insecure attachment, usually one of the people ends up being the one who runs when they 
feel like they, their attachment's not secure and they could get abandoned or hurt or something like that, whatever the fear trauma was. And then the other one um, wants to cling more in order not to have that trauma happen. But they're basically pulling both sides of the same rope. So, okay. in fact, it, it doesn't matter that much. And there's a way, like, the one who is more conscious is the one who is going to end up breaking their side of it. And, if, you know, if you catch yourself, I am always the runner. How am I running? You know, I just, let's say there's sometimes there's a fight that the couple goes through. Like, she brings up something from the past, and then he gets defensive, then she gets hurt again and brings up, well, but you did this, or you kissed so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And then, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, we, then we shouldn't be together because you're blah, 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 you don't trust me. And there's, like, some typical fight they go through, maybe where verbology is different. But mm-hmm. they do a dance, and they one of them uses it as an excuse to opt out. And then sometimes three days a week, three weeks, whatever, sometime later after they've, like, recouped some of their ego back, ego strength yeah. back, they connect again. One of mm-hmm. them does something, you know, and... So it becomes, an, that's the other thing, is it becomes a pattern within itself with them. Um, you know, it's like the nesting dolls in some ways. But the origin of it comes from your primary relationship with your um, primary caregiver. Um, mm-hmm. And it usually boils down to that relationship and what the trauma was and how to heal that part of you and how to integrate that healing to your daily life. So whoever is the more conscious one is going to say, okay, well, I'm running because I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling triggered, and he is not the reason for this pain. i got to get conscious about that. This is coming from my own karma, my own past, my own, you know, lesson to learn. So let him off the hook, and then I work on me, and whatever you're doing, if you're adding prayer and intention for the highest good, you're relieving, you're leaving room for the divine to work magic. And it happens to me every time. Anytime I say a prayer, and I pray to my own God in my own way, and that's what I let everyone else do. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. people come to me and sometimes they don't, they're fearful of the word God or whatever because I use it interchangeably with universe. And then mm-hmm. I say to them, you know, if it's the wind, the ocean, something bigger than you that you can't control, that, pray to that. Mm-hmm whatever that is, pray to love, pray to, you know, so I pray, and the moment I finish and I know that I've, like, done what I could do with my human self, and I keep myself distracted with something else, either something else or something that has to do with whatever is triggering me or troubling me, Mm -hmm. and something positive happens. I mean, it's every time it's this way. I don't hear from one person, oh, I hear from the other job that I hadn't heard from in three weeks. They want a second interview. Like something, just that prayer opens it up. And because it's free and because it's so simple, we don't don't take it very seriously. We don't, I I know that because that's how I was for years. And then I was like, wait a minute, this thing actually works when I do it and believe in it. And Mm -hmm. we have a magic wand and we're not using it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for so that. Let's I, see. I've, well, yeah. I've got one last question though before sure, um, before please. you go. Let's see. So, sure. the soulmate versus the twin flame. So I know you've given mm-hmm. us some um, some traits of the twin flame connection to work with. Um, what do you see the soulmate connection being, and and how do they overlap? So to me, it's like I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of hard to make that distinction sometimes because. 
It's a soulmate relationship that ha- has a past life imprint on it can appear mm-hmm. to be a twin flame relationship as well. So yeah. It, yeah. to me, it's like, that's why, like, I don't, I don't really worry about as much. Okay, so there's these definitions and we use them because we, it helps us understand each other. We have a similar language. We can communicate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still a relationship. You're still going to have to solve those issues. Sure, it does help when there is like you realize, oh, there's a past life imprint on this. Oh, well, this is a twin flame thing. No wonder it feels like I'm so messed up that I shouldn't even come near the opposite sex, you know, for like the next 50 years. Because <laughs> you feel broken. You're like, oh my God, my relationship skills suck. You know, it's like I'm attacking mm-hmm. this person like it's, you know, he, he just like, you know, killed my kitten. And like, you know, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you see yourself in a, in like, in this like wow i'm crazy i'm kind of crazy look at me like look at the things i'm doing and saying um and so in the soulmate and twin flame difference there is usually like to me a a up level level of uh, craziness that like there's like a sense of more bigger loss of control rather than being stuck in a problem so it's like it's not like you're stuck in the mud you're it's like the mud is constantly flowing under your feet so and I don't that's know if the that twin flame. Sense. Right. Like it's like a more yeah. of a feeling to me, um, of vibration than that. And then the soulmate that has a past life imprint or maybe has had many past lives, like some people can't stay together and they keep coming back and that could look like a twin flame. And maybe yeah. they had a past life where one of them left the other one at the altar or cheated on them or she made a vow to not ever get married again. So when they get close, they always break up, whatever. Like there's mm-hmm. sometimes that too. And um, it just like has to be with, has to do with being in the moment and receiving the information and not being attached to the labels. Like what, yeah. you're not going to get help if, if it's, oh, it's not a twin flame, <laughs> then I shouldn't get help. Like, you know, right. like, <laughs> we get attached to that. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing at myself, too, because, you know, I went through all of this. And it's like, um, it's nice to be able to laugh about it, because for a long time, there was nothing funny about this stuff. <laughs> right, right. I bet. Um, relationships just in general, you know, those intimate relationships, they can be... Um, they can be tough sometimes, you know, there's always right. um, soulmates It's in whatever kind of soulmate, not even talking only about um, the intimate, you know, uh, connections, but just family and children and, you know, friends. Um, there's always something to sort of, you know, to, right. to be worked out between each other. And so, yeah, they're just, of course, always uh, whatever help you need, like, you know, get it. Um, I'm definitely right. definitely open to that, but relationships is is a big one for me. I have yeah. this um, this thing, you know, it's like home and relationships are the major themes um, that constantly um, need care and attention, you know, um, from mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so, but I like what you said though, the labels, like not getting stuck in the labels. So I've been trying to wrap my head around this, and really, mm-hmm. it's I guess you know, a similar thing that I do with, with most things. Like I'm, I'm not attached to, to labels and I, I never have been. And so so with this, I'm, I'm trying, it's like, well, what does this fit? But you're right. It's just too, um, there's too much to it. You know, it's like anything else. What, what good is the label for? We can call it this, but, um, you know, regardless of, of, um, whether or not that, that term is there, like, just want to look at right. the thing, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and then one more fantastic. thing. One more. Uh huh. Oh, sorry. One more thing. I I I want to add to the. How do you? How can you tell if it's a twin flame versus a soulmate that has an intense uh, karma to work through? Is one of the mm-hmm. things is with your twin, you even if you don't admit it to yourself consciously sometimes or to somebody else, you have a sense mm-hmm. that you are like just like them. Even when you're mm-hmm. criticizing them, like let's say, you know, you always watch TV or you're always like looking at women or you're flirting with everybody or you spend so mm-hmm. much money. Like whatever it is that we're like judging them for, it's actually mm-hmm. something we're doing and they are the exact mirror of us. And yeah. the, the, the conflict in the relationship Ends actually when you accept that about you, like laziness, for instance. I had one with mine, and then I, I owned my own, had to own my own laziness, but that was like freaking mm-hmm. three, four years later. Because I couldn't <laughs> see it in the moment. It was like a projector right. running out, and like, this guy's lazy, this guy's lazy. Well, well, what about me? I haven't mm-hmm. done this for the last three months. It's sitting there. What does that mean? And, you know, so it's like, whatever it is that's per- irritating you about them, it's going to be in you, and whatever you admire, like, you know, my my guy was able to like um, like to be really social and do bring do things to bring people together and whatever. And I was like feeling so isolated and doing that to myself. So I was mm-hmm. like, you're always like going out and you're always doing this and that. Like you're you know you don't really like hanging out at home. And then you know later on I realized I wanted to do that, but I wasn't yeah. for whatever reason I was stopping myself from doing it and then getting mad at him for going and having fun socially. So it's yeah, like there's yeah. there's more of that as you get, you know, honest and like get stronger inside of you and be like, okay, well, let me use this to grow instead of like repeat the same thing because it gets exhausting. Yeah. So Yeah. So um, um, yeah. what about karmic connections? And are they, I mean, I feel like some, because uh, I was talking with one intuitive and she, the way that she phrased something, it, it made me think that she was trying to, you know, make a distinction between like a karmic connection and a soulmate connection. And I, I feel like they can be like, isn't it all sort of a karmic, you know, karmic energy? Right. Karmic, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's to me, that goes back to the semantics again. And who wrote the, the book? I don't know. We use the language <laughs> that we feel it resonates so we can like make meaning of all the information we get. So, a soulmate means that, you know, what we understand of it is somebody who, um, a soul that we have been, have encountered many lifetimes in, in different roles. Maybe they were a sister, right. maybe they were an uncle, maybe they were a horrible landlord that blew up the apartment. You know, we don't know. Okay. Somehow they were in our life at some point and playing a certain role and we had interactions. So in some ways, it could be karmic that that person came into this lifetime to pay a debt to you, to be super nice to you at a time when you need some help, for instance, okay? So that's the contract you have with them, and that's karmic, right? Meaning they are owing you karma from last time they weren't good to you or something. Well, this is all our imagination, by the way, right? We're making up this story, so I have no idea if this stuff is actually real. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to say to you, I know, because I don't know. I didn't see a name with God's thumbprint on it. I didn't see right. a book. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. I'm just using this similar language we're all using in this in this field, right? So, yeah. um, and then it's also, it could be karmic when you screwed somebody over in another lifetime, pardon my French, and then, you're, you know, then you're being mistreated, in quotes, by them in this lifetime, and then... Um, 
so in either way, I look at it as like, so I don't know. I'm never going to know. I can't run from psychic to psychic to find out, hey, you know, is my relationship with Jessica or Jonathan karmic and what am I supposed to, you know, what kind of karma is this? Like, I can't run to every relationship. You realize that whatever the the, the relationship con- contact context is or the contract is or the deal is with this soul, I always have free will. And if mm-hmm. there's a lesson that I'm learning, and this, if you don't pay attention, it'll be a repeat thing. If I've had right. a, you know, a horrible neighbor that I have to get compl- complain about in three places out of ten I live, so, well, maybe that's something to pay attention to because it doesn't happen to everyone. And what did I do in every time? What can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I choose peace next time that I don't feel? Because you look at it in my way. When I looked at my own path, it's like the times when I thought people were not being fair or nice or whatever to me, I was fueling that drama with my words and actions, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. like blaming them, saying, hey, you know, this person was a jerk to me, and now I can't forgive them, blah, 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 and like adding to my more, more of my story. And yeah. so you, you look at that, like, okay, is this karmic, is this soulmate, is this twin flame? Those are, you know, cool things to use. But then either at the end of the day, what am I learning? What is this, this, this most peaceful way to move through this relationship? Sometimes it's a boundary and say, I cannot see you because you can't stop doing X, Y, Z to me. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, I need more of this from you. And if this isn't going to, this isn't a place for me to receive that, then I need to do, you know, move on or whatever. Like right. sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's opening more, realizing, you know what? I realize I haven't been open to you. I've been judgmental and I was like making up stories and not checking in with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd like to do it this way from now on. Would you be willing to try again? Sometimes it's mm-hmm. that. It's like, it's, it just depends on what. And sometimes just forgiving somebody is so bad to you, you're learning forgiveness. And yeah. doesn't mean you should yeah. hang out with them anymore, but you're learning how to see what people do with their pain. And what happens when when we don't work with our pain and, you know, make a decision, you know what, I'm not going to be like that. Maybe this is my lesson from all of this. And bless them, I hope that they find the healing they need. And, you know, I'm not going to friend them on Facebook and go to the family event with them again. But, um, (laughs) you know, I accept that this was on my plate for a reason. I'm I'm going to stop being mad about it and, you know, feeling gypped and everything. And just take my power back and say, I am learning this and that here. And um, thank you for being in my life, showing me this lesson. And, you know, goodbye or thank you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It goes yeah. back to that to me. It's like bringing it down to what am I learning um, and being open. And, and then not denying feelings. That's, that's the other thing the Course in Miracles teaches. And that's part of a spiritual relationship. It's, I am teaching a local class what a spiritual relationship looks like. And this is one of the the pieces to me, is not denying negative feelings. We think spiritual means, oh, we just forgive, we just forgive everybody, we just pray about it and not talk about it. No, you're mad, talk about it, but don't attack when you're talking about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's like things of thing, ways of doing, communicating what we need. You can be mad, you can be jealous, you can, you can feel everything a human being can. It's just how does that have space in the relationship without being destructive? And we practice that. I tell you, that's the longest chapter. 
in the yeah. relationship to me. You know, yeah. so it's like take notes and go back to review. And <laughs> so um, anyway, I feel like I I went on and on, but I hope that this was helpful. I hope that your listeners get something out of it, and you or anyone else can shoot me an email if they have any questions. Um, so yeah. yeah I, <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, It really has been insightful and lots to sort of chew on, but also Mm -hmm. lots to let go in terms of my own understanding. It's like, oh, yeah, the label Mm -hmm. thing. Why was I trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to make it fit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can Mm -hmm. just let that go. And so that that feels right for me. That feels right to me. So thank you for that. Um, Of course. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) All right. And I'll be talking with you soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you, you know, if you had some some things you wanted to clarify about soulmates and um, twin flames and karmic connections, that that helped you at least move in that direction. And um, her information is on my website. You know, her email information, Star Jones, is contact um, info is there or actually her her website information is there and I'm sure you can find her contact info through that if you have any um, questions that you'd like to ask Um, but just really quick before we close um, I am I just want to remind you guys that next week is open for many live many readings on the air so feel free to call in if you would like some intuitive um, Um, the rest of the rest of your life, you know, in terms of uh, birth dates and where you live, et cetera, all of that will be anonymous, you know, um, even anonymous to me. Um, but the listeners will, of course, learn about you in a different way. So if you are, um, if you'd like to call in, just be prepared for that um, and be open to it. Um, I am also teaching classes on psychic development um, that are starting very soon. So please do, but they are for the people in Portland, Oregon, which is where I am now. So feel free if you are in the area um, to just check that information out. It's on my website. There are three classes right now that are available. There's deepening intuition and there's psychic um, communication one and two. Um, And I'm really excited about these classes. So, and they are for you, you know, they are for you. So um, do check that info out and let me see if there is anything else. Oh, meditations. Yes. So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I am putting together meditations, um, which will be available very soon. And actually meditations are coming to me faster than I can get them down. So it is still a work in progress. But as soon as um, those are all ready for you, I will definitely let you know, but just know that they are coming. Actually, at yesterday, while I was at the Portland um, Intuitive Fair, I was given a new meditation, you know, and it's such a it's such a trip the way that these things happen. So I started meditating and the uncle appeared. But then at the same time, I was giving, you know, receiving this download for a new meditation. So it was all sort of mixed in together there. But anyway, um, like I said, as soon as those meditations are ready, I will let you know. Um, and so I hope to um, just to, you know, to have you next week, you know, join in and and hopefully you will call in and, and receive a 
many reading, but if you are looking for, or if you are ready for reading um, and would like to book in, then do um, check out that information on my website as well. Okay, you guys be well. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for being here and be sure to tune in every Monday at 5 p.m. on Station 2 to learn more about my upcoming events and classes and to experience a reading for yourself. Visit my website at readings.missjdu.ca and I'll talk with you soon.